Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you taking the time with us. This edition, a special edition, is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, hi, Fred. As we said, this is a special edition, Making It Happen, Trenton Moves, a framework for the deployment of safe, equitable, affordable, sustainable, high-quality mobility. And now, here's Helen. Thank you, Fred. Yes, um, this is a presentation that I recently made at the Transportation Research Board annual meeting, making it happen, Trenton Moves. And it is a framework for the deployment of safe, equitable, affordable, sustainable, high-quality mobility. We have made many baseline social programs that provide basic societal needs. Food, we have food stamps. Retirement, we have social security. Health, we have Medicare, Medicaid. Housing, we have a, a number of low-income housing initiatives. Education, Pell Grants. Mobility, well... For rail, we build a lot of rail systems with a lot of money and what uh, to basically allow rich people to live in the suburbs and go to their high paying jobs in center cities. Um, uh, we have buses. Um, hmm, uh, you know, you look at the level of service provided by a bus compared to those of us that have access to a personal car or, you know, anytime we want to come out of the kitchen, hop in it, uh, it's available sitting there like a puppy dog waiting to service to go almost anywhere, um, you don't have one of those. Hmm. And then, you know, paratransit, which tries to provide on-demand mobility, uh, but uh, really expensive. I mean, in New Jersey, uh, New Jersey transit, paratransit services, what, 60 bucks or more per trip. And so, of course, the fundamental question and question that has been for the last 15 or plus years since DARPA, really the, the DARPA challenge is, uh, can technology help us do better. In other words, uh, that is really what ends up being our, uh, our goal in the Trenton Moves project. The deployment is safe, has to be safe. Equitable, available to everybody, rich and poor, poor and rich. Affordable, affordable where? Not necessarily on the price side, on the cost side. Because if the costs are low, then with very little subsidy, make it even free. And if the costs are low, a business can go out there and charge market prices and huh, do very well for, for all their shareholders. And so therefore, the affordable piece on a cost side is the fundamental. Sustainable, well, of course, we have to deal with the environment. Uh, why would we not be sustainable? And it's sustainable in another way, uh, such that the profitability of the operation allows it to sustain over time and recur without us always going back and saying, let's say, alms for the poor. And of course, high quality, you know, something that looks more, maybe not quite what I happen to have, and maybe what you also happen to have, Fred, I think you do. We're, we're very fortunate to be able to have our own car to be able uh, available to us and have that available 
for all those who who need it because they really can't afford anything better. And of course, uh, those of us that all can afford maybe something else, but prefer to use this for its sustainability and its equity and its safety aspects of it. So key to the, the, to the framework of this is talking about an operational design domain, the area where this works. Operate, and we call this operational design domains and the service levels in that is operational design domain and how it evolves over time so that it is a phased deployment of the safe, equitable, affordable, sustainable, high quality mobility. So within the concept of Trenton Moves, we start out with a phase one with a constrained uh, initial operational design domain for Trenton, it's the city of Trenton, eight square miles, not all that big. And we talk about a service level that's 12 by seven by 350. 12 hours a day, seven days a week, 350 days a year, not 365.25. Because in, of course, for the technology to be safe, to make it safe under anywhere, in any weather conditions, intense uh, snowstorms, rains, um, um, hurricanes, and so on, it's like silly. Stay home. Snows, shovel the roads first. So in a sense, the aspiration here is to do it most of the time. Let's put this, 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 this service proposition out there essentially all the time, 12 hours a day. Why only 12, not 24? Is because in the beginning, with this, with this, we are going to have to have uh, attendance on board this technology, a safety driver, not necessarily because the technology is unsafe. My goodness, over the last 15 plus years, there's been what, 200 billion invested in this technology? You mean somebody hasn't gotten it to be good enough to be safe in, in a eight square mile area of Trenton? I think there is there are technology companies out there. I mean, in my mind, there are at least four, if not three more. So in a sense, yes, I think they exist. And to be able to do that in its phase one. Phase two would be after a certain period of time when the, the attendant is on board and has not really, as of course, proven that the system is safe it is also provided for the customer, the rider, and, and has basically allowed them to feel comfortable with the system. So in a sense, my goodness, I mean, just think about it. If, if I always use the elevator as the analogy, my goodness, if Otis, when he first built the elevator, didn't have an elevator operator in there, I mean, who would have gotten in there? Oh my goodness, how's it, you know? So in a sense, the, the purpose of the, of, the, um, uh, of the attendant or safety driver during phase one is to acclimate the customer to allow them to feel comfortable with the system. After a period of time, we're thinking two years or something like that, then not only will the technology have proven, hey, the driver never really does anything, never has to interfere, there's no disengagements, the thing is safe, but also the customer says, you know, I don't need this person on there. It can operate just like an elevator does. 
I show up, I get in, it takes me, I get out, and I forget about it. And that's how we get to 24 by 7 by 350. But also now we have attendance available, so therefore we can expand to a new area with new customers, go beyond Trenton, throughout Mercer County, getting network effects in terms of places now you can go to uh, readily with the system. And so all the, all the uh, opportunities, the scale that the internet has provided us for internet type of things, the same thing once we expand the operational design domain, now the opportunities, the places of accessibility, the value proposition delivered to the, to the customer who is using it, then goes up sort of network as squared as exponential almost looking like things. And, but in this other, in this expanded area, we're back to 12 by seven by 350 because this is, we need attendance. We need to acclimate the, the people that live here who are not going to, going to use it. And then move on to a phase three where after a certain period of time, everybody within this expanded operational design domain is now acclimated. So guess what we can do? we can span it even farther. So in other words, the geographic scale of this thing, my goodness, it then starts basically maybe going close to everywhere, maybe not everywhere, but manywhere. And all of a sudden now we use them there, three by 12 by seven by 350 and the ever larger ODD. But in this initial and expanded ODD, we're there 24 by seven by 350. And then Finally, a phase forward, which my goodness, everybody's acclimated. We just operate. And in a sense, it's just like, you know, whenever you go to a hotel that's more than two stories high or even the two-story high ones have, have elevators, just go use the elevator anytime, whatever, da-da-dee-da-da-da. So in a sense, this is how the staged evolution of this concept to go from a, a what I like to call a big bang, a kernel get it working there and explode throughout, throughout the geography. And once one does this, in starting with a community like Trenton, well, my goodness, there are at least 10 other communities like Trenton that, that could do this in New Jersey, Newark, Camden, uh, New Brunswick, um, uh, Atlantic City, uh, my goodness, maybe even uh, Maze Landing and so on that can do this and it can be replicated there. And of course, not just New Jersey, replicated throughout North America in a hundred plus cities or greater that they could they can do this so the that the key to the 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 concept here of trenton moves is the ability to get started and and the other aspect of it is get started where there are people who could really benefit from this and out of that allow it to succeed someplace and then explode and grow uh to scale so the process that we're involved with this is that, first of all, to do this, it has at least been my contention that we in New Jersey had to create a welcoming environment. In other words, for the technology, we would like it to come here. And that welcoming environment is kind of key because certainly uh, it shouldn't be like some technologies which got all of a sudden come into a city, dump a bunch of stuff, say, hey, you know, lawyer up, baby. 
No, I mean, <laughs> this is, this is dry. Key to this is driverless technology that is very susceptible to, to, to people saying, well, I don't think so, and putting all kinds of roadblocks in here. So you have to have a welcoming of, uh, environment. I'd like to call it a field of dreams, you know, just like a field of dreams. Uh, we do that and we do that, then uh, maybe they will come, which is the next step. Given the governor's announcement last December, which I'll get to, I think we do have created a field of dreams in New Jersey. And Trenton Moves is really the initial kernel, the initial spark, the initial big bang to get the whole thing started. What this does is entice, entice a feasible technology to come and play, just like in the movie. Come form a public private partnership with us where the private contributes the IP expertise and technology in the vehicles. Why? Because they've had the investment community's money for and have this at hand. What the public side does is it ensures that the objectives are achieved, ensures especially that equity is maintained. That you don't start in a place where there are poor people and then abandon it once you get to the rich people. So in sense, you know, the equity piece is really important. Of course, safety. This is unsafe. Forget about it. Don't even try starting it. And of course, some high quality. The 24 by 7 go to many places or as many places as you can. And also you know, the public can help ensure the affordability. As I mentioned before, if this is affordable on the cost side, then it doesn't take much to make it really affordable on the price side. And really affordable, maybe even for some, maybe have it for free. And for others who are more than willing to pay for this thing, have it market price. And with the market price, then you have the opportunity to actually establish a business and finally deliver to your to your investors some value out of that out of all that they've invested in so in a sense this public private partnership that can be created out of this is is a win 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 for all the third piece is of course to really do this you need a little bit of money in your pocket a few things really do need to be set up in Trenton to start it. You need an operations center. You need, you need garages for these vehicles to repair them and so on and so forth. And of course, another aspect of it is, is a concept of kiosks, locations where these vehicles can be staged throughout the the, um, uh, the geography of Trenton, such that it is an easy short walk to them to be able to use them. And then they might drop you off at the front door or they might drop you off at a kiosk where it's another, just a short walk to get there. Again, I use the elevator analogy to represent this. You know, I was down at TRB staying in the, in the Marriott Hotel and guess what, you know? When I showed up at the Marriott, the elevator wasn't at the front door, okay? I had to walk inside to, to do and get to the elevator bank. Then I got in the elevator, went up to my room. Well, my, my goodness, it didn't drop me off in front of my room. I had to get out. I, I was going to ask, is there a bus that takes me to my room down the hall? I mean, you have to go down the hall, okay? 
But what the beauty of elevators and elevator banks is that it's a natural attraction point for people to come and get on the vehicles. So my goodness, at least a couple of times, even with COVID, I had to share an elevator. Well, of course, I mean, why not? You know, we have masks on, what the hell? So, you know, get in, get in together and, and that makes the mobility really efficient. And, you know, one night I'm, you know, I, I, had, I couldn't sleep. So I wanted to go out for a walk two o'clock in the morning. It was available to me. Why? Because they didn't need an attendant there. Just they had nothing better to do than sit there again, like a little puppy dog waiting to for me to to want to use it same concept horizontally with these kiosks they're they're locations in neighborhoods and that's kind of a key piece this is a neighborhood thing and 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 we in terms of our working with this in the process with the kiosks each of these kiosks are to, are to be designed by the neighborhood we all know where we live. If somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm going to plop something in, in our neighborhood. My goodness, we're we're having neighborhood meetings around here in the western section of Princeton. Oh, wait a minute. What are you doing here? Yo, you got to talk to us. Well, why should this be any different than in, in Trenton? Here, you know, we're going to provide it's a mobility hub, a place to congregate that's no, no more than five minutes walk to anything that it's serving, but darn it, that kiosk needs needs to be designed by the people in that neighborhood, and it should be what they want there. For no other reason that it's going to serve them. I mean, they shouldn't. Hey, hey, I think you should have this. Get out of here. I don't live there. People living there should say, Hey, I want this. Great. Let's give you that. And by the way, since you wanted it, protect it, care for it, you know, keep it up. It's yours. And guess what we tend to do with our toys? You know, I don't think I broke too many of my toys. I took care of them, I think. I don't know, maybe my parents wouldn't say that, but I think I did. Uh, you know, but if they're not mine, geez, I don't care. So the kiosk is really important. So we need a little bit of money to be able to build kiosks in Trenton. It's 50 of them, and we'll get to that a little bit later. The other piece is probably, my goodness, sidewalks, walk accessibility need to be improved in many places, as well as some curb improvements as it's easy to get in and get out of these vehicles. And, and since, like at night, there's not heavy use. But they're sitting around just like my car is sitting around next to my kitchen downstairs, you know, waiting for me to use. They're going to be sitting around waiting there for you to use. And of course, the to pay for the safety driver attendant to acclimate not only the vehicles, but also the customers to be the welcoming person. Hello, knows your name. Thank you. Comfortable and so on and so forth. You know, a greeter at, at Walmart. Why do they have greeters at Walmart? Why to make it make people feel comfortable? Why not? Of course, they also have greeters, you know, at, at the expensive stores, too. I think, you know, um, last time I went to one. Anyway, that's the process that we're going through within that. So as I said, to say a little bit more about each of the pieces, the creating of the welcoming environment, we believe that we've done that. 
We've done that because we've talked to numbers of Trenton residents about this, of the 90,000 residents. In each of these kiosks, 50 of them scattered throughout the eight square miles of, of Trenton, basically a quarter of a square mile uh, per, per, per kiosk. We talked, to, we talked to many of the neighborhoods in there. Every time we go there, I mean, in some of these neighborhoods, I tend to stand out like a sore thumb. I've been nothing more but welcome there, okay? And they really appreciate what we're trying to do. Also within that is, is talk to the existing mobility providers that provide uh, some of the paratransit service, the faith community, the business community, the senior community, the public housing uh, 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 coordinators and managers. Also the schools meeting with the school superintendent in Trenton and, and many of the schools to me is a key um, element of the welcoming environment and gotten the, the, the junior and senior high school kids excited about this. Of course, this should be. This is a STEAM STEM opportunity for them, for them to participate in that. And also, you know, kind of a key in Trenton is that if you live um, within a mile and a half of your, of your school, they don't provide any transportation services for you. You know, a mile and a half is a reasonable hoof each way back and forth to school for some kids, or even a mile each way is the same. So the idea is that of course, this mobility system will be available to them. Take them to school. Why not? Take them to shoot hoops. Take them to go see a friend. Take them to go to the museum. Take, that, take, take them to, to a library. Take them to go get ice cream or whatever. Of course, why not? And so the, having the kids involved and, and seeing that this is for them, guess what they'll do? They'll protect this thing. They'll help a senior citizen on board. And, you know, in the, in the acclimation period, if a father thinks that, oh, maybe this isn't safe for their child to go to school on, uh, you can accompany them to school. And guess what? The system will bring you back home. Yo, simple. And it's amazing. The public safety folks are really on board with all of this because it, they think that, that having these kiosks and so on can really help public safety within, within, um, within Trenton. NGOs, of course, major employers, of course, uh, have, been, have, have, uh, have created a welcoming environment. And then, you know, New Jersey Department of Transportation, you know, not to quote the commissioner, she said, Diane said to me, don't let moss grow under your feet for making this happen. She's all in on, on this thing. Mayor and city council, city council, you know, it's, it's challenging. Mayor, absolutely. And uh, motor vehicle commission, why, you know, in the end, <coughs> it, it, it right now certifies drivers, it certifies vehicles in New Jersey. Hey, these vehicles are gonna have, need some kind of certification. The, the technology of the drive to make it safe, you know, these, these guys and gals over here at Motor Vehicle Commission are responsible for safe operation of vehicles on New Jersey's public streets, all on board, all part of the welcoming environment. Members of the New, New Jersey Assembly, members of the New Jersey Senate, and the governor himself. And the governor himself, in terms of doing this, you know, I'll get to it in a second in terms of his, his um, 
his public statement, his press release uh, in, in, in December, absolutely on board and, and, and leading the charge on, on all this. But the key is, is that the whole field of dreams is there, not just at the top or at the, where the buck stops, but also at the very grassroots with the citizens and public housing and senior community, existing mobility providers, community canvassing and the secret sauce of really getting all, all of this together is the direct community engagement, which we've been doing, I guess, some of it I've been doing for 10 years, most of it over the last uh, five years is really a key part of getting us to a point in which we have a welcome environment in New Jersey. And as I look at the welcoming environment that we have in New Jersey, uh, we have more of a welcoming environment, not that it matters, than probably any other state. Pittsburgh had it in spades, really did a well in Pittsburgh when Uber, Uber first showed up saying that they wanted to do driverless mobility in there. California, of course, has been in there. Why to support all the technology development in Sil Silicon Valley? Arizona, why is Waymo? I don't, I mean, I guess I just surmise why Waymo is in, is, was in, uh, in Arizona and Nevada. Why did they test first in Nevada? Why? One, nobody's there. Two, because they were welcomed by the governor. I think the governor welcomed them in Arizona. The extent to which the, the, the neighborhoods and all these other levels have really supported, maybe they have, or maybe I just haven't read about it and so on. But in New Jersey, absolutely solid. Looking at any other state, no one, house claim, has a solid of a welcoming environment for this technology. And the technology to do what? It is key that it does safe, ethic, uh, um, uh, equitable, affordable, sustainable, high quality mobility. That's what we have a welcoming environment for. So the capstone of this thing has been the enthusiastic gubernatorial support. And one can read in, in Governor Murphy's press release uh, this at, dated December 6th, Murphy administration announces a request for experience and information for a project to create the first autonomous vehicle-based urban transit system in America. And as I testify um, uh, before, um, uh, before the, the um, uh, Assembly Transportation Committee, um, I think that, um, that uh, the governor was, uh, was uh, a little bit um, 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 constrained in, in, in saying that it is the first in America I went out and said, darn it. I mean, if, if, if the governor was from Silicon Valley, he would have really said, this is the first in the world. Nobody else in the world is talking about doing what we're talking in Trenton, providing mobility between these 50 kiosks anytime, any day for anybody, or at least in the beginning, 12 hours of the day, seven days a week. 350 days a year for to go from here to there, from here to here to there to do, to do, to do, to do, to do for the whole city. So hopefully this field of dreams will entice 
and then allow us to select through our request for proposal process, a capable technology entity to form a public-private partnership where, as I've said already, the private contributes their IP expertise and technology that is safe. If, if you can't demonstrate that it's safe, you know, we're not, this isn't testing, this is deployment. We've got to, you've got to justify and, and show that you're safe. High quality, in other words, it's on demand, 12-7, 350, and it can evolve to 24-7, 350. Can get to the point in which the attendant is basically not needed. So why have them? Why, the reason you want to get rid of the attendant is to get the affordability on the cost side. Otherwise, my goodness, having a chauffeur, if that was affordable, we would have done that 100 years ago. There wouldn't be any need for this. Problem is, is it's not affordable. Not on the cost side. It requires basically infinite subsidy. It's going to happen. The affordable is low, low cost of production. Okay? And I've already explained it two or three times. Sustainable. Of course, electric vehicles, but also on a rideshare basis. If a vehicle can take two people instead of one, hey, environmentally, that's half of the environmental and half the cost. If it's three divided by three, it'd be nice if it was 10. But the problem is, you know, when does that happen? Rarely during the day. And certainly not at two o'clock in the morning. So in a sense, you know, when one looks at, at, at the, 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 the peaking aspect of demand for, for mobility, okay, you have to be able to address that. When there's a lot of demand, absolutely, let's ride share. When there isn't, good, we'll take you anyway. It didn't have anything other to do with this. It's not going to sit around and do nothing. It's certainly not going to sit around and run around empty. And on the public side, it partners with the private to formulate the operational design domain, the service, the pricing plan that achieves equity, mobility for all, affordability, low price where need be, and as I've said, market price elsewhere, giving the opportunity of the private to do a return on investment on its investors, which it deserves to get. So in other words, one is able to deal with this thing both on the, on, the, on the public service and societal basis as well as on a, on a corporate base. And of course, the sustainability where you actually do ride sharing wherever you can, because that's really how you reduce energy, is instead of having two vehicles take two people, have one. Instead of three, have one. Of course, to be able to do that wherever, whenever feasible. Key concepts here, fundamental. Well, the third piece is what about, uh -huh, somebody's got to talk about money someplace. Things aren't free. Okay, so what we need here is some upfront money to get this to a point where a private company can say, yes, through market pricing to those that I can market price, I can offer this service and then continue it into the future as a business. I mean, that's, that's how all business end up, be it a lemonade stand out here on, on Cleveland Lane to, uh, you know, to Google. I mean, they all have to make a profit. And we're, what do we think we need? Something like $100 million upfront. 
I call it, it's up front because it's in the beginning, because it's up front, it's really infrastructure. What's infrastructure? Something that you build at the beginning that you get to use over time, okay? This is investment that we do in this, investment in, 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 in comfort and, and, and feeling safe when riding to the customers and things like that, and the kiosks and the garage that you can then use forever and basically use. So it is infrastructure. Uh, 100 million, where's the 100 million go? Well, the acclimation of the vehicles and most importantly, the customers is probably a $50 million price tag. Why? Because I think this needs to be done for two years. If you do it for two years and you have 100 vehicles providing service, throughout Trenton, then what you need is say the safety hosts that you need in there for two years, you need about 250 of them each for, for each of the two years. Rough numbers, each of them is basically gonna end up costing you something like 50 bucks an hour. When you, you multiply that out, it's $25 million that you need for each year. $25 million for, for those for each of two years, then it comes out to the $50 million. The physical improvement, about $25 million. You need garage, operation center, those kinds of things to be able to run this. About 50 kiosks, what are they gonna look like? Maybe something like this, I don't know, whatever the neighborhood wants. In terms of maybe improvements here, uh, probably you, you need for, for that at least $200,000 per, that kind of thing. And then curb improvements to be able for the, the, to stage the vehicles, 50 kiosks, 100 vehicles. In, in the middle of the night, you have two per kiosk. If that's really the way you want the deployment, there, deploy them. There may be more optimal deployment which you put a few more down at the train station and only one at other places, so on and so forth, or you stage them nearby so that you can easily deploy them to a neighboring one, you know, all part of the operation to come, but roughly, you know, the, you're going to need those curb improvements. And, you know, there's some intersections in Trenton that could use a makeover and some money in there. If you take all these together, probably need $25 million in your pocket to make these things happen. And then the other 25 million is for contingency. You know, it's not just that we're New Jersey, but you know, things tend to escalate over time or whatever and other things crop up and so on. So in a sense, this is not to be flippant about it, but in a sense, the order of magnitude that one's talking about here is $100 million. It's not 10, it's not one, it's not 500,000. It's this, and it's not a billion, okay? This is to get the darn thing started. This technology hasn't started anywhere. I mean, you know, maybe Chandler certainly hasn't exploded out of Chandler. And so, you know, my goodness, 200 billion invested in the technology, an extra 100 million to actually get it to work and get it to work for really provide societal value seemed like a bargain to me now of course i'm out there i got to raise 100 million and that's what i'm looking to do so the evolving what does this thing end up looking like the evolving operational design domain phase 1.0 
is we, we do a verification of concept at New Jersey DOT headquarters, which is just outside of Trenton. It's a gated en entity. It's not public roads. We can run these vehicles in here to really make sure that they, not make sure they work, see that they have a chance of working. They don't work in here, forget about it, okay? Then phase 1.1 is then to go out from New Jersey DOT headquarters and basically create a very small network that hits some major points and, and a few neighborhoods along the way that can provide service from there to the state uh, state house uh, to Trenton train station. Again, a proof of concept, initial pilot for a short period of time. And then go to the phase 1.2, the Trenton area operational de design domain, which I would like to call a proof of societal value. In other words, actually go in there, at least designate where the kiosks are going to go, put them in there as fast as you design them and put them in there as fast as you possibly can, and then take this initial loop and expand it to if you can see all the green roads that you would use and make sure that the system does can operate just on those roads. There are roads in between, don't need them there. These roads connect all the other ones just needed to work here. Why make it work in, in more places? This allows connectivity from this one to that one, from that one to that one, from this one to this one. That da, 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 da. Somebody shows up here, needs to go there, boom, it takes them to do, 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 boom, 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 get there. And that then, as people come and use it, this proves whether or not there is any societal value. If it works safe, if it is beginning to be affordable, if it provides the high quality of providing mobility, essentially anytime, 12 by seven by 350 between these points and people like it and find it to be valuable to them, then of course we then can go to phase two. We can get to a point, we remove the drivers, we then provide uh, opportunity in, initial network 12, uh, 24 by seven by 350, and then expand throughout New Jersey uh, uh, County, uh, throughout Mer Mercer County, to all these locations, to Hopewell, to Princeton, to Lawrenceville, uh, to West Windsor, to, to Hamilton, to Robbinsville, to East Windsor, and between East Windsor and Lawrenceville, and between here and here and between there, and, there, 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 and you can see the network opportunities here with a much larger fleet. And in here, we're operating 24 seven. Any, any operation out to here requires uh, an attendant. So we use the attendant in here and expand to that and do out of this a proof of market. Because with this scaling, this is where the private sector company that started with us in Trenton can really begin to deliver some profitable mobility and, and justifications to its shareholders that, that being in, invested and in working here is a valuable thing. 
And once you do that, you're successful here. Then you take this and you replicate it in Newark. You replicate it in New Brunswick. You replicate it in Atlantic City. You replicate it in Camden. You replicate it in Tom's River. River. You replicate it in, in Asbury Park. Da, da, da. You might even come down here in Cape May and May's Landing and so on and so forth. And replicate it in this is a proof of network scale economics. This is when the private entity is really returning some uh, some some handsome returns uh, to their stockholders as they should be. So in a sense, it's an opportunity to start and trend it and explode out and provide mobility to most of the 9 million residents of New Jersey. In New Jersey, every day, you know, the 9 million residents take about 30 million person trips. That's a market that these folks can now address and provide mobility to. And my goodness, you know, it gets to be a pretty big lemonade stand if, if you end up doing that and, and worth pursuing. Phase five is then to replicate this and to, and to deliver societal values at scale, not only up here, but also at all of these other places that we've highlighted here. So in the presentation, you could go interactively and look at places in Chicago, in St. Paul, uh, Minneapolis, in Dallas, in Atlanta, and so on, and around Atlanta, where in fact, the, the Trenton characteristic exists. Why is this so valuable in Trenton is the thing that I haven't said is that is that in Trenton, the auto ownership characteristics are that that 70% of the household have access to zero or at most one car. My goodness, those folks today are stuck with, hey, if there happen to be two of us in the household, we have one car, one of us is in good shape. The other one, I don't know what she does, okay? Unless I drag her along. My goodness, why shouldn't she have mobility opportunities? And if I'm in a household in which there are zero, we're both stuck. And the reason why auto ownership in Trenton is so low is not because we have a New York City subway system there that can provide great mobility. Reason that it's so low, people there are poor. It's expensive. And here we have the opportunity to now provide them mobility so that they can, they can in fact, you know, go to a better paying job and get there and not have to spend most of the, you know, 15 bucks an hour that they make uh, to just, you know, buy a car to get them there and back. And so that they can punch in on time every day and not get fired. Why shouldn't they have a high quality mobility system that gets them there? So that's the fundamental focus. And that's what's in Trenton. You might say, well, you know, over here in, 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 in Arizona, where another company is, is providing, the only company in the world that actually provides this kind of service driverlessly, the characteristics are that 70% of the households have two or more cars. Whew. That's a completely different environment in Chandler. Okay, Chandler is like over here. It's not one of these places. Okay, I think one of these things is an Indian reservation. <sighs> Do you have an idea what the lack of mobility exists there? It's and, and 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 what the income levels are. Oh my goodness! And Chandler, I mean, you know, everybody already has mobility, so it doesn't have an opportunity to provide societal value. 
in Trenton, absolutely. In all these places that we've identified here, absolutely. And so this is why this is such a, a I think, a, an ideal framework, a framework that I think that we can, we can actually deliver to Trenton and be successful. And when we are, let the rest of New Jersey and the rest of the nation then benefit from this. Thank you. You can stop sharing, Alan, and I'll come in here. So the How did that real, come out? Huh? Uh, that, wor that worked out fine. Let me, let me count down and continue here. Okay. Three, two, one. Terrific, Alan. So the real first here, as you were pointing out, is providing this kind of mobility in a place where there is real need and not just a novelty or garnish or just for fun. Fundamentally, I think, Fred, you said I spent how much time trying to say that you characterize it in, you know, 12 seconds. Absolutely. That's the difference here. And, it, and as I started out and looking at all the various uh, societal programs that we appropriately create to provide people an opportunity to lift themselves, you know, out of poverty and provide, you know, some some reasonable the food with food stamps isn't as good as the food I buy, well, you know, but at least it's I think half decent. When you look at mobility, you know we've been trying to do this with buses, and it's really tough. Why? Because because we don't have the concentration of being able to have you know hundred people want to go from A to B together. You know, if you get a hundred people, you when you pass a hat around, not you know just just chump change in there can pay for the driver. Well, in fact, it's just one person wanting to get to a job from here, another person to get that job and do it another, you know, when that job lets out to get them home and so on. You know, you there aren't enough of them to be go out there and share share the cost. So the beauty of this technology is that is that you know through all this development of the two hundred billion or whatever the number is that's been invested here is that we've created a technology stack of, of, of sensors, computers, software, and actuators that replace the driver. And as we've been saying on on our podcast for some time, this is all Moore's lawish. You know, the cost of the stack might look a little bit expensive today. It was a heck of a lot more expensive five years ago and 10 years ago and wasn't nearly as powerful. But tomorrow, that sucker, that's still, that, that thing is going to zero. That's <sighs> going to zero. You can just sit there and wait. If you, if you been, have to have a This has been the vision, Alan, that you've had for so long. And uh, the people have, you've had working with you this time you were characterizing it as a, as a field of dreams you knocked on doors and there was an answer yep and the answer was positive yep exactly and and the amazing thing of this is in the knocking on doors and and presenting it in somewhat this way there's been no pushback i mean it, it you just look in people's eyes and they go, Whoosh. and and it's not that we're out there selling, you know, LIDARs and Schmidars and gigahertzies and, and whatever and DDD. It's just the concept of, look, you need to go someplace. It can take you. 
and it can bring you back home. And it's no big deal. I mean, if again, if you look at the value of an elevator in a building, you know, that's what it does. You know, you want to go 14th floor for whatever reason you want to go to the 14th floor, you don't have to take 14 flights of steps in, in, in the stairwell. You get in, you get out, takes you, boom. And, and you know, and if it wasn't, if you needed to pay for an attendant at the, to do that, then yes, you know, in the morning and in the evening, sure, you can pay an attendant. But in the middle of the day or at 10 o'clock in the morning or at, at, you know, middle of the night or whatever, whoo, thing has to shut down. And, and if, if they wouldn't have been automated, I like to say, you know, the New York City skyline would look like the Paris skyline. You know, max six stories. You know, walk-ups max. Now, you know, it might be a nice skyline in New York to have a pair of skyline. I don't want to say, you know, I think a pair of skylines is rather nice. <laughs> you know, some people in New York say, hey, yo, wait, cut it out. Now, just think what it can do for Trenton. You know, it does it. Yes, Uber taxis are available, but they're high price items. It's not inexpensive. And for the things that you really have to do, yeah, maybe. But we do a lot of things, you know, because they provide a little bit of benefit to us that improve our quality of life. Not every one of the things that we do is a grand slam. We do little things. We go visit a neighbor. We go to the library. We go to church. We go to synagogue. We go to mosque. We go, we, 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 we go shoot hoops. We go to the store. We go window shopping. We go to a park. Little things. That's what improves quality of life. We also go to work. But somebody who lives in Trenton, and that's why we have to expand this beyond Trenton, but this is where we be. We, this is where the real customers are, and this is where we begin. You got to begin someplace. Journey of a thousand miles because with just one step. We got to take, nobody's taken the first step yet, except in Chandler. So the bottom line is this is an opportunity for the right people, the right company to come in and say, I want to be part of this. Absolutely. We'll see whether or not we built the field of dreams. I'm like Kevin Cosner, you know, you build it, they will come, I think. This is an attractive opportunity for these businesses that to date have produced essentially zero societal value and made no money for investors other than a flip. Okay, period. Now, you know, at some point, SoftBank must say, how many people can we flip this to? Some point, SoftBank has to say, "My goodness, you know, this needs to be just a you know plain old lemonade stand." It has to make it has to you know it has to have revenues greater than costs. I I, I think, I mean, we are a capitalistic society, right? And I don't think I don't think SoftBank expects you know public subsidies to support this. 
And even though the governor called it a transit system, because it is, because it provides mobility for folks, that's what transit is. Transit provides mobility for folks. Doesn't say, hey, to, do, to, to deliver mobility to folks, you've got to be subsidized and you can't do it on your, on your own. No, it's just that, that the tools, the technology tools that transit companies have had to date hasn't allowed them to be able to get their costs to a point such that they can make a profit. Okay, it's not that they haven't tried. They tried desperately. It's not that they aren't smart. They, they're totally bright. It's just my goodness that, you know, the big bus and someone got to have a driver, but boom. I mean, they even moved the stuff around empty, you know, during parts of the day just to keep it going because they really don't know where to park it, you know, so I said, wait for people. Why? Because, because of the service, because, you know, because of the technology. All of a sudden, if you put the technology as now a computer and you don't have to worry about lunch breaks and you don't have to worry about eight-hour work sessions, geez, I can just sit around and wait. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful for this. And so the time is now. We have a summit coming up this spring in May. A lot we expect to happen between now and May. And it's time Absolutely. To so what has happened to this point is that we've all worked to create a field of dreams. The field of dreams has, put, has been put together. The leadership of that field of dreams, the governor, the commissioner, the mayor, all are out there with this. The, the, the commissioner of uh, transportation has put out the, a, a, a request for, uh, for um, uh, experience and, 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 and interest in this from folks that that's due, I think the 10th of February or so, and we'll get responses. We're gonna do a summit. This, the fifth summit is going to be in Trenton. It's going to be at Trent. Uh, the, it, it runs Thursday evening, Friday, and Saturday. Friday is sort of suits for folks like us to exchange and, and learn from each other. But Saturday is a festival, is a, is a mobility festival, where I'm, I'm hopeful that those who have developed this technology will want to come and, and show it. And, and where is that going to be? That's going to be at, at Trenton High School on the athletic facilities around that under tents. Why it's going to be, we're going to make it like a festival. Why is it important for the festival piece of this thing is so that the customer, the residents of Trenton can go kick some tires, can begin to see some of this. You know, we're not Silicon Valley where these things sort of run around being tested all day long. And you know, they, have, they haven't even come here. I think, you know, at the third summit, we had an Ollie. And, you know, that's about the extent of the, uh, and maybe NVIDIA ran an automated vehicle around and I did the DARPA challenges. But other than that, there's been none of this. Nobody knows anything about this, of the real customers and people that can benefit from this. And so the, the Trenton Mobility Festival on, on the third day of the, of, the, um, of the summit will focus on having people come to the high school to come see some of this stuff. And so to, to entice them to come, we're going to have bands playing and 
people juggling and have it as a festival, as a community type thing, as a come and enjoy the day. You know, really inexpensive food, of course. I mean, to get any students to show up to anything I'm doing at Princeton, I've got to feed them pizza. They won't come. Well, why should Trentonians be any different? Of course, we'll do that. But the key value of that is that the technology people will be able to listen to the Trentonians, the customer, and understand what they would like to have. Because I don't think they've talked to them so far. Sure, they talk to, you know, suits. Sure, they look at themselves, what would I like? Sure, they talk to rich folk. Sure, we heard from Mary Barra at, at CES. Oh, my goodness. Sure, we saw the, the chairman of the board of, of Daimler five years ago show up on the stage at CES. Those things weren't designed by talking to people from Trenton. Cut it out. So they need to come and listen to the people at Trenton. We're still at the beginning of this. It can be designed so that it not only serves the equity, it can really do equity. It isn't something for the 1% of the one percenters. Okay? If the 1% of the one percenters want something, uh, they'll go get it for themselves. Thank you. Okay? They don't need my help. They don't need your help, Fred. Okay? They'll do, do just fine. Thank you. Okay? But this gives them an opportunity. So if they decide, well, no, we'd prefer to go who knows where, where the 1% of the one percenters are, then fine. We, we don't want to waste our time talking to you. Okay? Because you're not going to help us make this happen. You know, you're not who we're welcoming here. This isn't, it is, wasn't for you that we built this field of dreams. We want those that say, hey, my goodness, I'd like to provide mobility across the spectrum. I'd like to provide mobility to all, all 9 million New Jerseyans. I'd like to be able to deliver 30 million person trips a day and make everybody in New Jersey happy. Hey, if you're in the business of doing that, come. Shortly after the, the, the summit, we expect to have a request for proposal on the street in which we'll look to see who wants to come form a public-private partnership with us to do this. And I think I laid out the framework here. You can understand a little bit as to you know what's fundamental to it, but that's what this is about. Now, are we going to be successful? I don't know. I don't know, maybe not, but I think this is a, a way to be successful. And this is what we're trying here. You know, other people in other jurisdictions and other places around the world are trying other things. I don't think there's anybody trying to do it this way. And I think other people should be trying to do it this way, of course. I mean, you know, I'm not just thinking about this because, you know, Nobody else has thought about it. I just think it's 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 the way I would and the people around us, the, the the creators of the field of dreams, have put it together. And we would love for you to come here and play with us, and um, and I think deliver enormous societal value. The place to go 
for more information about all of this and to get in touch is cartsmobility.com, C-A-R-T-S mobility.com. All the information you need is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. More info is available at MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you get podcasts from. You can get your smart speaker to play us too. My tech reports are at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching this special edition. And have a safe and happy year ahead. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Fred.